1: Don, I'd like to welcome you to the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated um, peer-to-peer conversation. Thanks for your time today, and um, I'm going to ask you a few questions, if that's okay.
0: Sounds good to me. Thank you.
1: The first thing I'd like to ask you is uh, to ask you how are the people doing at the PA? First and foremost, you have a team at the NHL PA's office. How are, how are they doing? Uh, are they at work? Are they working from home? What's your, you know, within your own organization? How how are things at your organization?
0: Well, our office is in Toronto, and most people live in, in metropolitan Toronto. Um, the office at this point is closed, except for necessary people coming in to keep the servers operating and that kind of thing. Um, all of the senior people that be in contact with players or work with the NHL or our licensees or anything like that are, are working from home. Everybody has electronic um, capability. Um, we have either seven or eight or nine people that are at various locations in the states too. Um, and so we're in contact. And the good news is that you know all the players and their agents all have electronic communications too. So while it's more cumbersome, and it's more difficult to have meetings and discussions by conference call or or email. Um, in fact, it can get done, and, and we're all adapting and just hoping it doesn't last too long.
1: Well, you, you touched on the players and the communications. Uh, the way it's been over the past many years is with all the 31 clubs, and when you have your meetings with the 31 reps, they're most often – uh, especially during the season, they're done during teleconference anyway. So the, the PA has experience communicating with uh, team reps uh, in the past. And so how long have you been doing that? And, and it's worked in the past. Is it still working today?
0: Oh, sure. it It's still working. We, we have five former players on staff, and they are in, I was about to say frequent, but perhaps a better word is constant communication since this crisis started. Uh, with the guys and that means they're in contact with the player reps and the alternates Very often with senior players that have been around and have a lot of interest and in know how the union works but also with you know with the younger players and then in addition to speaking to My executive board, which is 62 people the player reps and the alternates uh, last week we held team conference calls and Probably, I haven't added up the numbers, but I'm gonna guess between 400 and 500 players participated on those calls. Um, they're a little cumbersome, they're difficult. You know, the, the um, logistical problems of trying to have conversations with multiple people goes up in direct proportion to the number of people on the call, but you get it done. And and I must say that, that whenever I've been in a crisis, although this one is different than anyone before, of course, um, I'm always struck by how thoughtful and how sober and how uh, deliberate the players are in terms of coming to grips with the issues they face and
1: making decisions about them. And that's certainly been true here. Well, you know, I, I would imagine the 64 reps or uh, the, the, uh, who are used to teleconferences. Um, are, you know it's, it's, a, it's a routine thing for them, but the players, the team, like you said, the team calls are probably a little bit more difficult because most of the players on those teams aren't really used to do uh, do you know the uh, communicating in this digital world uh, via these large conference calls. So I, it's quite understandable that there would be a, a few hiccups in those in those um, calls. Are is it the is it the PA's, uh, plan to have those team calls on a on a frequent basis, monthly, weekly, or? Uh, is there any structure to that, or is it just as a an update from time to time?
0: Uh, at this point, it's as needed. Um, as we get closer to the point where hopefully we can resume, my guess is those will be more frequent. But you know, you should understand that um, if we have executive board conference calls, you know, first of all, we get frequently lots of players who aren't technically on the executive board which join, and then the former players. Uh, Steve Webb and Joe Rickey and Rob Zaminer will reach out to the rest of the players on the team, and the player reps and the alternates reach out to the rest of the players on the team, and then we'll get a series of telephone calls, or emails, or texts from a number of those guys. So the, the communication is really uh, pretty widespread.
1: And you know, at this time, because like you just mentioned, this is something that really none of us have seen in our in our lifetimes, and there's a lot of people that are going through um a lot of uh, stress right now and I can only imagine the players um, and it, there's so many players from so many countries with so many family situations they're 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 playing for a team in one city but they're from a different country or and, and you know the logistics is different for everybody and there's as many players there are there's different situations and there's a lot of stress involved in that what what's the PA doing to sort of, assist players or communicate with players to to get them through that, those emotional uh, roller coasters that that everybody is living with today, but maybe it's a little bit more magnified for, for players since they're not necessarily in their home uh, environment.
0: Well, you, you do a number of things. First of all, you're in contact with the NHL to make certain that when nothing's going on and there's no reason for people to stay in the club's home city if they don't live there, that they can go home. They can go wherever they feel most comfortable to take care of themselves and their families, especially their kids, if they have parents and grandparents they need to, to look out for, that they can do that, wherever that happens to be. And sometimes there are border issues and immigration issues and uh, issues relating to, but I need to do rehab, but I'd like to go home. And we work through those on a case-by-case basis. And occasionally you have hiccups and problems in doing that, but for the most part, you know, you you get it worked out. Um, Athletes, of course, in the team sports are used to saying, all right, so we had a game today, now we gotta go practice, we got another game tomorrow, and then a game after that. And they very quickly put yesterday behind them. You know, you sort of have to do that because Half the teams have to lose every day. That's the unfortunate part about being an owner, Marvin Miller used to say. Um, and in this situation, the players are not in a position to be confronted with, okay, we'll do this until this date, and then we'll do something else, and we're going to resume on this other date down the road, and this is what the format's going to look like. So there's a lot of waiting involved. Um, that said, the guys understand it. They understand what we're going through. They understand that, that we can't give them answers we don't have and that we don't want to guess.
1: Is this a time where the team rep sort of um, earn their pay, although I know it's probably volunteer? <laughs> but is this where a team rep uh, for the PA really sort of is um, able to help his players by being the, a, a resource at the team level? Is this something that – I know the PA does a lot for the, all the players, but is this the time where the team reps really step up and um, you know help out the other players?
0: In large part, I think that's right. That they feel as a general rule, most of them, that they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility to inform the players on their team. They have a responsibility to listen to them. They have a responsibility to – relay their questions to us and then get the answers back uh, or put them directly in communication with a lawyer on staff or one of the former players on staff or one of the doctors we have on staff. And that is an extra role that, that they take on. And they take on because it's the right thing to do. Um, any group of our size, you you have people that will be leaders on different kinds of issues and we certainly do. That was the case throughout my, my tenure baseball uh, also. But it's also the case that my staff really earns its pay during a crisis, too. Um, In that regard, though, I'm not sure we're all that much different from most other groups or businesses in in the general society. When things are going well, it's easy. Uh, When things are not going well, that's when we find out who can do the job.
1: You know, there's, as you know, there's been a report of a, an Ottawa player um, that is infected, um, and there's been players in the NBA and elsewhere that have been affected. How does it, as a, without, well, I'm not asking specifics, but in general, um, when a, when one member of a union, when one player is infected um, with the virus, uh, how does the overall uh, group feel how do they deal with it how what are they thinking is there anything you can share with uh, you know uh the, the public as to without not specifically to any case but generally speaking how does the players react to something like that
0: i i think there's two different reactions first of all virtually everyone assumes that in this kind of a situation
1: sooner or later
0: we will have players that will contract the virus uh, we're not divorced from the general society. We're around our wives and families. You can self-isolate to a great extent, but you can't 100%. Somebody has to deliver the food to your door, for example. So everybody understands, you know, in the abstract that it's very likely sooner or later there will be a player or family members that uh, are going to be positive. That said, it's always a surprise because we you say Don Fear was infected, or Joe Jones was infected, or Graham was infected. At that point, we say, oh wow, I wouldn't have expected it from him, or what do we do? Then what you do is the standard stuff you do in every contagious disease, infectious disease situation. You backtrack for contacts, and you go to see who could possibly um, have been infected, can you figure out where it came from, can you figure out who's been exposed, and the doctors and the public health officials then do the kind of work they have to do with them. It. Um, it, it's basic stuff that the docs know how to do. Um, it's just in our particular situation.
1: Well, because of all this, the KHL is uh, this morning, I think the, they announced it was this morning or last night, or that they've canceled the the rest of their season, the Gregorian Cup. And, of course, you... Are fully aware of the World Championships, so have been have been canceled in, in Switzerland. And Memorial Cup was just canceled. And it seems like there's dominoes back uh, when the NHL came out. I think about two Thursdays ago, and they they paused the season. Everybody everybody else, you know, paused their season. And but now what's happening is that a lot of cancellations are coming before the NHL's next announcement. Um, we all we all hope that this. Passes quickly. We all want to get back um, to normal life, um, and we all want to see the greatest athletes uh, the world produces back on the ice. Um, is I mean, when you wake up every day, do you think uh, okay, what are the odds of it coming back or not coming back? Are you pre- are, you obviously are prepared for both? But what's your current take on the situation?
0: My dad used to say that. When I asked him about his World War II service, what was the thing you remember? And he he would say, essentially, what you do is everybody tells you to hurry up, and then you get in the line, and then you wait. And that's more or less what we're doing. We're getting prepared as best we can for any eventuality that, that can come. We hope we'll be able to resume. We hope that with the NHL, we will have the flexibility to take advantage of an opportunity if and when it arises before next September, October, and then to finish the season in whatever fashion uh, makes the most sense, but we can't do that now. We're waiting until things become uh, more clear. Um, Where you are dealing with discrete events, whether it's the World Championships or the Olympic Games, that take place within a defined time period, especially when you have massive travel from uh, around the world and so on, um, that's not something you can shut down on a dime. Uh, When you're dealing with a team sport within North America only, It's at least conceivable, we'll see whether it's possible, but it's at least conceivable that, all right, we could start something May 15th or June the 10th or some other date and play it out. So that's what we have to to wait and see. We have to determine what is going to be possible for us to do and then see if it makes sense to do it. You
1: you mentioned the Olympics, uh, and of course the Winter Olympics are two years away. Um so it 's a long way away where everybody 's right now it 's hour by hour if you 're watching t v if you 're at home if you 're self isolated it 's and you 've got the news on every hour there 's developments the you 're watching graphs you 're watching numbers uh, increasing so you know China in twenty twenty two is way down the road but do you think that there 's any players that might be in the back of their mind thinking you know travel? Um, to the other side of the world, uh, there's now they're more cognizant of risks of traveling uh, uh, than than before. So do you think that it might be in the back of some players' minds, like, you know, I used to just jump on a plane and go to China or i go to Russia or go over anywhere overseas, Italy, and I would never think twice about it, but now I'm going to start thinking twice about it. Is there any thought about Olympics 2022 and maybe we should sort of – either think about whether we go or not or put in different protocols to ensure our safety?
0: Um, well, I, I guess three things. I think it goes without saying that players and everybody else uh, will, will have thoughts about how much has the world changed and uh, am I really certain that this makes sense to do this anymore for health and safety reasons um, and so on. My assumption is that when we get through this that the statistics will at that point indicate that the risks have have diminished uh, to an extent that it becomes feasible again. But of course, people are going to think about it. That's human nature across the board. Um, In terms of what the NHL might do, in terms of games outside of North America, that'll just determine, be determined on, what the facts are, my assumption is that if and when, and hopefully soon, we get back to the point where the borders are open again and you can have international travel, that um, the kinds of concerns that we're talking about now will have been, in fact, diminished to an extent that they won't be serious. If that is not the case, of course people are going to weigh and measure those very uh, strongly.
1: And, and as the PA, are you going to revisit the travel rules? I I, I know now that when uh, players travel, there are certain precautions taken, certain security that's taken and so on and so forth around the players to protect them from the unknown. Uh, are those going to be heightened?
0: I don't know. I, I'd have to see what they were because we're not talking about heightening for Physical security, like you would normally see. And of course, players all travel on charters. You, you're, you're talking about um, heightening protection or a sense of ongoing uh, semi-isolation as as you travel. And I'm sure that that we'll figure out a way to take whatever the reasonable precautions are if we're going into an area in which that's. In
1: Now, now, Don, you've uh, you're you're very well known to run the baseball, the uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association, and now the NHL Players Association. So, you know, in the sports world, especially with Sports Illustrated readers, uh, they've they know you from multi sports. So, you know, everything that you're talking about here today applies to all athletes across all 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 sports. But from from your position of experience dealing with players from multiple sports and, uh, from different countries, you the major league baseball gets a lot of players from South America and Central America. And uh, so I think now with your wearing those two hats that you've worn, you've really been able to interact with, um, uh, professional athletes really from around the world. What having, with that experience, what, what is it that, what message do you want all the, professional athletes out there to uh hear coming out of uh Don Fear. Not that not the executive director of NHLPA but but Don Fear who's got this uh global experience. What message do you wanna get out there?
0: I guess that's a little hard to come to grips with because as I was thinking about it uh, as you were asking the question, you know, there are lots and lots and lots of things that 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 you would want to say, uh, sort of like saying, What would you want your grandchildren to remember about you or to know about you? And a million things come to mind, which you understand you've got to, to boil it down to a test. Um, you know, I think it would be this is, is what it comes down to in, in the end um, professional athletes, particularly in the team sports. And in my experience, this is true regardless of the sport, regardless of the culture, whether it's cricket in India or you know, rugby in New Zealand or, or um, any of those things, as well as the ones which are much more common in North America and soccer worldwide and so on, is that um, they have a, a unique position. I don't mean unique in terms of financial opportunities or publicity or fame or, or anything like that. I mean unique in terms of the uh, role that they can play in a, in a society. Uh, throughout my career, I've been struck by the following. A city can be a mess, but if a team gets to the championship game, whether it's the World Series or the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl, whatever it is, um, at that point everybody in the locale sort of comes together and they either celebrate together or they commiserate together depending on what the, the, the result is and when we can begin to go back to normal I think it can be a signal that things are returning uh, to normal and we can lead uh, a little bit in that regard but we have to do so keeping in mind that what's really important here I've been struck with since this happened here is how sober, thoughtful, and deliberate the players are, understanding that we want to make sure to the greatest extent we can that the health of everybody in the game, everybody that works with the game, and all the fans is at the top of our mind.
1: Last question, Don, I have for you is... Um... Um, everything we've talked about is everybody else. I guess the question I have for you is how are you doing? How's your, you know, your family doing? Um, you know, yes, you lead um, many hundreds of athletes. Uh, you're a leader on the global stage, um, but in your own home, you're the, the head of the household. How how are things at home?
0: Oh, I wouldn't suggest at home that I was the head of the household. That might provoke a disagreement. Um, so I'll I'll just let that one pass but we're okay we're okay we're spread out everywhere in terms of our immediate family it's you know New York and California and Illinois and Maryland Um, and everybody's doing the best we can and so far everybody's healthy and getting through it and you know hopefully uh, that will remain so I appreciate your asking
1: Thanks, Tom, for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. And um, thanks for your leadership. But this is a time in, uh, where people are looking for leaders. And, um, you know, they look at, for leaders anywhere at this point in time because there's, you know, unfortunately, there's not as many leaders that, as there should be. And uh, I know the players are looking to, uh, to you and the PA and your entire team at the PA. Um, I hear from players all the time. The fam, the PA family is very strong and the leadership is very strong. And, um, thanks for everything you're doing for the game.